Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fox Nomad podcast. I'm your host, Fox Nomad, Anul Polat. Aren't you all lucky you're getting all of these? We're getting, we got a lot of, it's podcast season, I guess. It's also tech season. Uh, just a quick couple of things get out of the way. Mentioning tech season, that's why you'll see the iPhone 12 review and a bunch, a bunch of Apple stuff coming up. Check out Fox Nomad on YouTube. You can check out that review uh, and a bunch of other Apple things coming up and a bunch of tech coming up. I'm really excited. I'm going to be filming pretty much every day between now and the end of the year, and I'm looking forward to it. And another video which I posted last weekend, which wasn't controversial at all, which is uh, me going to the Million MAGA March and talking to people, pro-Trump supporters, and asking them why they attended. Um, the reactions have been many, the reactions have been surprising, and the reactions have been varied. I uh, might deserve a, a podcast episode follow-up to to go all into it, but I think, I, I genuinely think that you will learn something from watching that video. Now, I don't know how you'll react, but I, I definitely think that it's, uh, that it's enlightening anyway. Uh, so more about that maybe in an upcoming episode, but right now today, I've got Ellie Quinn, who you might remember from an earlier episode of the podcast back in, and I want to say late April or May. Uh, at that time, I was quarantined in Istanbul, and she was in Indonesia, and now things have f sort of flipped around. She's in Istanbul, I'm in Washington, D.C., and in the meantime, Ellie has converted to Islam. And uh, I wanted to talk to her about what what prompted her to make that change, what what the conversion is like, what that even means and talk a little bit about Istanbul. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast with Ellie. Uh, I'll be sure to link to Ellie's website, The Wandering Quinn, down in the description of these, uh, of these, of this podcast. I'll, I'll be sure to link to that, as well as her YouTube channel, The Wandering Quinn. You can find her there, learn more about uh, her travels and her conversion, um, reversion, actually. We'll get into the difference between those two terms as well, because I did not know. Um, so we'll talk about all of that, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. Right, and we're recording now. Thanks again, Ellie, for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me back. So this is kind of a flip in the sense that now you're in Istanbul and I'm not in Istanbul. Uh, but let's, I guess, last time we spoke, you were in Indonesia. And yes. that was in, I think, in May, I want to say that, you know, around then. Yes. Yeah, I think so. So... What happened between May and now? Just how have your travels, where have they taken you? Yeah, so I stayed in Indonesia until July. So I was there for four whole months in the end. And then I decided to go back to the UK for summer. Things were starting to open up a little bit in the UK. So I was actually back for two months and kind of the perfect two months because there weren't really any restrictions on meeting up or lockdown. So I got to see a lot of friends and family and spend some time in London. Um, and then I moved to Turkey. So I moved here in the middle of September and I've been here for two months now and I've got one more month left. So, I mean, not too much compared to like my usual travel schedule, but still a lot more than um, some other people. So still very lucky with how that's all worked out for me. And Turkey, because it's one of the few countries that's open or any other reason? <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely one of the reasons it was, yeah, one of the countries that was open. I feel like there's been like a running joke at least a few weeks ago that bloggers and bloggers never in, is either in Turkey or Mexico. Um, but yeah, Turkey for me, but also I had wanted to live in Istanbul for a while. I feel like that was on kind of like my mental bucket list because I'd been here twice as a tourist, but just for three days each time. And I liked the city, but I didn't love it. But I knew that there was like so much more here to explore and I knew it was a good place to live. So then I figured, okay, COVID's obviously going to stop like the traveling, moving on fast. So let's try and like tick off some places I want to live. And yeah, so I'm doing that right now and I'm really, really happy with it. So I want to talk about the city um, and Turkey in general uh, for obvious reasons, just because I, for, you know, live there and, and love it. But you've had a, a bigger change, I think, in between the last time we yes. spoke. Um, which is, I, I, you've converted to Islam. I, 
Yes, yeah, when I was back in the UK as well. So that was the end of um, August. So it's been a couple of months now that I've been a Muslim. So yeah, I think we must have spoken because I did fast for Ramadan. Um, and I was learning like a lot about Islam during that four months that I was in Indonesia. And then when I got back to the UK, I was still, I'd kind of made my decision at the end of my time in Indonesia that I like wanted to do my Shahada, but I also wanted to come back to the UK and just, you know, I was very much living in like a bubble in Indonesia and obviously it's an Islamic island. I had the good prayer like all five times a day. And, yeah, I just wanted to make sure like I was, I definitely wanted to. And then when I got back to the UK, I just felt like exactly the same. And so I did it at the end of August. And then a couple of weeks later, I also moved to Istanbul. So that was also another reason for, I guess, you know, a lot, I have a lot of friends in Mexico um, right now. So I guess for me, it probably was the like Turkey or Mexico thing. And then I think like on my journey right now um, of like learning more about Islam and just kind of like incorporating much more into my life then Turkey obviously was a much better choice for that. And so, so it really started in Indonesia or I mean? A little bit before that in Saudi Arabia. So I was in Saudi Arabia for January and February this year. And I like stayed with the family through couch surfing. I think we might have spoke about couch surfing perhaps. Um, and I met yeah, local family there and they just had like a really big impression on me and I also just went to Medina which was very random at the time but also had a huge impression on me and then yeah found myself in kind of like a lockdown situation like on an Islamic island <laughs> so yeah the the start of the year in Saudi definitely like planted a seed and then you know, the four months in Indonesia where I did have like a lot of time really just gave me that time to learn. So, you know, I'm really so thankful for the, you know, the quietness of this year in that sense, because I feel like I never would have had time to learn as much as I did without COVID and without, you know, this lockdown of everything. So Alhamdulillah, I'm very lucky for that. Um, and yeah, that's what happened. And were you religious before or what was sort of your, I guess, philosophy before you, you converted? I would have said before I was like a spiritual person. Um, I would have said that for the last couple of years. I mean, I was christened when I was younger um, and like used to go to church with my family a little bit, but I didn't really follow the religion. I think that's the case for like a lot of people in the UK, which is a bit of a shame. And I would have said the last few years, I was very spiritual, more like new agey things, um, but very much like a believer of like the universe. And so I wouldn't have said that I, yeah, I didn't do like a full from nothing to, you know, full then going into religion, I feel like. And actually the more I learn about Islam, the more I realize like, I already believe this anyway, or I already do this anyway. It's just that now I feel like I have something to, like actually have rules to follow and there's actually something because the thing is when you believe in just like the universe or things like that there's no like there's not an actual book for it there's nothing directional whereas now I feel like I have like rules of things that I need to do and it's you know more accountability and it's not just all about myself either I was just speaking to a friend about this this morning actually about how a lot of the new age things are kind of are very much about yourself um, whereas you know Islam especially is you know, I mean, there's a lot of kind of like sacrifices that you have to do and things you have to stop doing and things you, you know, have to start doing um, for the religion. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how I was before. So I guess my question would be, you know, uh, you're from the UK. So why Islam as opposed to Christianity in the sense that, um, you know, they're both, you know, organized religions. They both have their rules and, and texts and all of this. So I, I'm just curious as to why Islam as opposed to Christianity, which maybe is more in your background or is growing up, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of, I guess, other reasons for that. But if I just say like surface level reason is that I think in a way, because I did grow up, so I feel like a lot of people went, you, yeah, you grow up with a religion, you then are just not attracted to it. I don't know, I feel like in a way because it was in my life and I was never like really pressured, but if I think back, you know, at school, you kind of sing a lot of hymns and you are kind of told to believe in this. But then, and I feel like in a way it was something different. I don't know, I feel like that has got something to do with it. The fact that it was in my life before, um, but not properly. 
and not very strongly either and even like the people around me or even as a country I feel like we're not very you know there's not a, like there's not a huge amount of really strong kind of Christians um yeah I, that doesn't make sense but yeah I feel like in a way it was because it was in my background and growing up with it um that was also maybe what did put me off in a so, way. so yeah I mean that, that, that makes sense um but now, when you when you converted and then you told your family and friends, what what was their reaction? They were fine. I mean, my they were definitely a little bit surprised. Um, just you know, Islam obviously is a very foreign religion to people in a lot of countries. I guess for me, because I travelled so much, it really isn't a foreign. Um, isn't a foreign religion. You know, I've seen it in, you know, South Asia, in Pakistan, in India, um, also in, you know, Malaysia and Indonesia, and then in the Middle East, in Arab countries. So I know that, you know, Islam is not all for Arabs either, where it's just a lot of people's misconception that it's just for Arabs. But then, you know, you go to Indonesia, it's the most Muslims in the world. So I knew that it wasn't like a foreign religion to me, but it definitely was to them because they haven't traveled. Um, but overall, they were just happy that I'm happy. And, you know, my dad just told me, you know, I'm just glad that you have like a faith in something. And I think, and I can definitely appreciate that answer now as well. Um, you know, it just feels so nice to actually yeah, have a belief in something. And especially after this year, I mean, it's been such a crazy year for people. And especially kind of re going back into lockdown and really know, not knowing what's happening. It's given me a lot of comfort and a lot of peace. So. So, and did they have any idea that you were thinking of converting or did you just, what was the, what was the process of sort of just telling everybody? What was that? Well, like? yeah, they did know that I had fasted for Ramadan. And so I guess that was something, I mean, a lot of people thought maybe just because I was in Indonesia at the time and I was just like joining in with like the local custom, which was kind of part of it, but it was also more because at that time I was learning a lot about Islam and I mean, they follow me online as well. So, and I've been sharing that I, you know, read the Quran during Ramadan as well, which is obviously not what someone would do if they were just, just fasting for the sake of it. It took me a lot of dedication, many hours each day to finish it. And yeah, I may, like I told them a little bit before anyway, when I got home um, that I wanted to do it. And then, yeah, after I went to London and I said it, I yeah just told them a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I also, you know, I travel a lot and live abroad a lot as well. And they, so most of what I do, they also just see online. So, and I'm very like transparent online, especially now I've like created a second Instagram account where I share more of like my rebirth journey on there, as well as my, the wandering queen travel account. So they're seeing everything that I do. And hopefully, um, I feel like I've kind of realized that to kind of show Islam to people, like you really have to, like they have to see it in you. And so even for me, you know, being in Saudi Arabia, like, you know, the family that I stayed with, they weren't really telling me about Islam. Like if I asked questions, then they did. But really for me, it was like, they were the example of what a Muslim is like and what a Muslim family is like. And that's how I learned from that. And I think if you have family or people around you that don't, you know, are a bit worried about you becoming Muslim or something, then the best way to show them what the religion is, is like, is by your example. So I feel like that's what I'm just trying to do right now. And what, what were some of the first questions that you got? You know, what are, what are, what, you know, I, I guess after the reactions, the questions start coming. So what, what are those questions like? I think like family, when you revert, are mainly just worried about you changing as a person, um, especially obviously like outward appearance. Like I've heard that some people, especially obviously when you're a woman and you say that you've become Muslim, you know, they think then you might just put on, you know, a burqa straight away, like head, face, whole body covered. Um, and it's really like, no, it's not really like that. And like not even all Muslim women obviously wear like a full burqa anyway. Um, but a lot of people don't know that, especially if they haven't, don't know any Muslims or aren't in a you know in an area living in an area with many so I think that's the main thing obviously there's also the questions of like did you get forced into it or was it like you know terrorism and all this kind of thing um but yeah I was lucky not to have any of that really I think I had like one comment that was from my brother but he's yeah he was fine with it he's just a little bit younger so um yeah, I think, but I think generally like with families and I think the other thing that I found as well, I kind of did this, but if I did it again, 
um, I would do it a little bit different and I've been telling people the same is that I think it's good to like explain and it's not just a case of like I want to become Muslim or I'm going to become Muslim or I just became Muslim it's like also explaining like what does that mean because yeah like my family don't know what that means they don't really know any Muslims so you know I think with anything and any change if you just tell your family I'm doing this I'm becoming this I'm changing to this if they don't know anything about it like you have you have to be the person that then ex explains that and this is what it means um, and maybe that's where some people go wrong and then that's why yeah because you do hear I mean I've had so many terrible stories of people that have become Muslim and their family have just completely you know disowned them and have been really really angry so I'm so lucky that that hasn't happened to me um, my family are very understanding but yeah, I think explaining and even to your friends, just explaining what that means is really key. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people who may aren't familiar with Islam see it as kind of this monolith. This is just one thing. Whereas in, in Turkey is a great example. I mean, you have people who are religious, who are not, who are somewhere in between and who like any religion, like any belief, pick and choose what they, you know, want to believe or the things they want to follow, where the exceptions are. I mean, clearly alcohol in, in Turkey is a, is a pretty big exception, right? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're talking about Islam. So, you know, I think there's a little bit of that too, right? There, there's different interpretations or different, I, I guess, approaches to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and definitely de country dependent as well. You know, people that are... You know, living in Saudi, maybe as yeah, Muslim, are going to be having different, doing different things, or you know, within Indonesia, and obviously that's also government, governmentally, and stuff like that as well. So yeah. So the term, and I, I've noticed you've used it, and I, I've seen it in in some of your videos, revert mm. as opposed to convert. Mm. Uh, what's what is what does that mean? Well, I mean, people use both. So I've spoke to some people that prefer convert and some people prefer revert. Um, I feel like I don't say convert just because I feel like this is, I don't think this is like several, this is just my kind of opinion of it is that if you say I did come, I was Christian and I was kind of like a practicing Christian and then I converted to Islam, I think that would be maybe a term that I would be more comfortable with. But I feel like because I didn't, convert necessarily from one practice and religion to another and um, that to me just is a word that doesn't feel like relevant um, but I know to some other people it does um, whereas me revert I mean it said that you say that you're a revert because everyone was born Muslim and then they choose after that um, I mean that's not something I've kind of got my head around necessarily uh, myself but I mean, yeah, I guess you have to use a word. So for me, the revert just sounds um, more appropriate than convert. And what have the reactions, I'll start with Istanbul, if, if you've told people in Turkey, I, I'm gonna guess it's one of two reactions, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I'm, I'm right or wrong. But what are the people, you know, in Turkey, when you meet people and you tell people, um, what, how do they react? I mean, to be honest, I guess I haven't really spoken to that many people. I mean, one thing that I have really enjoyed about living here is just how, you know, open, at least to me, it feels like a very open city. I mean, there's people from just so many different countries. So, I mean, I had a real worry of like going into mosques and then people saying like, you can't be in here, like you're not Muslim or something like this. And obviously when I go into a mosque, like I've got my hijab on, I'm like fully covered. And so you can only see my face. And even now we have the masks, so you can literally yeah. just see, you know, the eyes anyway. So I see like a tiny bit of white skin perhaps, but you know, no one is, I mean, there's so many people here from so many different countries you could be from, you know, I could have been from an Islamic country, I guess. Um, so yeah, I feel like in that sense, there hasn't really been any judgment because I feel like it is just such an open country. And then really, I guess, because I don't wear hijab, that's at the moment anyway, that's people don't know unless I do tell them. So I've had a few people that are surprised. Um, I mean, for me, you know, the amount of people who are Muslim and then when they find out you're Muslim are just so, so happy, um, which is, you know, it's so amazing. I've had so much support, um, obviously, especially online as well from um, Muslims like all over the world, which has been really nice. But yeah, I can't really say because I haven't, 
had that many situations with people, I would say. But what would you, what would you think people would say? Those two things. I think surprise would be one. Mm. Uh, and I think surprise would come from the people who are maybe less religious or maybe take a more secular view, I would, I would say. And then the second reaction, I think, would be excitement. You know, mm, just yeah. really excited um, and just, okay, let's, let's talk more about religion. So I, I think th th those are the two reactions, but it seems like those are the, the two reactions that, that you've gotten. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And especially again, I feel like because of COVID as well, everything's been much more online. Um, and so definitely, you know, especially from people here in Turkey, just really happy. I mean, I did a YouTube video about me moving to Turkey as a new Muslim, um, Istanbul. And yeah, I had a lot of people from Turkey and Istanbul comment on that and follow me on Instagram and just really happy that I'd also chose like their country and city to be like a new Muslim in. So that was really nice. And how, how has, uh, you know, the, I guess the, the flavor of Islam, you know, compared to Saudi, to Indonesia, to Istanbul, which is pretty much its own country outside of Turkey, really, like, you, you know mm. what I mean? Like, if when you, you've, I've, I've seen some of your videos, you've been to Rize, you've been some other places, Istanbul is really is its own thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, how, I mean, I've got on here really, really, yeah, I've got on here really well. I think... Yeah, I just felt it very accepting, you know, and I feel like because it is such an open city, you know, you see women that are completely covered up and it seems like, again, from my opinion, this may not be the case, but it seems like that's fine, that's accepted, that they're completely covered, that's okay. And then you see girls, especially, you know, a few months ago when it was warmer in very small outfits and that seems like that's okay as well and people in between and guys as well dressed in different ways and it seems like at least that people do kind of coexist very well and it's you know if you want to dress like that then you can and that's okay where it's obviously very different I mean definitely different to Saudi in that way where it's there is a regulation on what you can wear um I'd say it's um from what I've seen in Indonesia it's very open a lot more open like that as well um, and for me you know the hijab thing has been really good here as well because obviously I know that a lot of women wear hijab here but then I'm also aware that um, some some don't and many don't so there's been times where in the summer I was wearing it and then I just had like a bit more of my arm showing which I maybe wouldn't have been you know keen on doing in other countries because it feels like you're kind of maybe contradicting that but you know for me I need to like get used to it in my own way and I feel like I've been able to do that here without any judgment and so that's been really nice for me and I think the best thing that's like people have been told me like you started with the best country for this <laughs> but is the um, women's areas in mosques as well I mean Istanbul well Turkey I think general but also Istanbul specifically you know, it's fantastic that there seems to be, always be a women's area, either at the back or there's a separate room, but most of the time it's at the back and it's a very like clear designated area. And I mean, I've even heard, I mean, even in the UK, there are some mosques where women are just not even allowed in, which is like really terrible, I think. So for me, you know, to know that I can pretty much go to any one of the mosques and especially the bigger mosques, obviously I know the more local mosques in the neighborhoods up on the hills, um, maybe a little bit different, but I mean, that's, that's fine and I haven't really gone to them because I can just pray at home like just as easy but if I'm on a day out um, then it's nice for me to know that I can go into the mosques and um, there's always a space and there's a lot of other women praying in there as well which is you know nice for me as a new Muslim who you know again with COVID <laughs> there are so many countries where people can't even pray right now in mosques or um, you know I hadn't prayed with anyone really until I came here so you even have the doubt, like, am I even doing this right? <laughs> like, because you just learn on my own on YouTube. So at least coming here, I've, and I've been to a few, like I've been to Friday prayer a couple of times. So yeah, that's been really, really incredible. And I think I definitely, I mean, I'm hoping I'm going to have good situations in other countries as well, but I have been told that I've started with the best in Turkey. So we'll see how it goes from here, but I'm very thankful <laughs> for that as well. And so how, how does your daily routine change for people who don't know? So if, if when you, I guess, revert to Islam, you know, what's different? Uh, you know, how, how is it different than before you reverted? I would say the prayers is definitely the biggest thing in terms of like daily routine, because it's then praying five times a day. Um, so for me, I started, I actually started praying in March. 
And so quite a few um, months before I even became Muslim. So I already had that kind of in my routine. Um, and I just started quite slow with learning how to pray. And obviously I was in Indonesia, so I had the call to prayer anyway. So that was a little bit easier. And yeah, I think starting as like five prayers is quite difficult to do and I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so just slowly building those up. I think that's the main thing in the, in the routine. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, for other things as well, like becoming Muslim, obviously not meant to drink alcohol and halal meat and not, not eating pork and, you know, among a few of the things. And for me, you know, I haven't really drank alcohol as much anyway in the last few years. That's really gone down for me. And I'm vegetarian most of the time anyway, so pork isn't a problem. And even if I was, I mean, again, being in, in Turkey, um, all of the meat is halal, or at least I believe it is. So um, yeah, that's also, I think if, if I did eat meat, then that's another, it's a good place to be here. So you kind of eat everything and you don't have to worry too much. Yeah, Istanbul is confusing in the sense that a lot of places are where you have a lot of tourists and, and you can go to a grocery store and there's a pork section. I mean, you go to mm. any of the bigger ones, there's a pork section. It's small, <laughs> but it's yeah. there. And yeah, I've seen it on a few menus, like a bacon on a few menus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you do kind of see it. And I think that, that that's confu- maybe confusing for, for some people. There's alcohol. Mm. I mean, there's, you know, yeah. that, you know <laughs> that's everywhere. But uh, yeah, which is confusing. You know, when I was in Pakistan, earlier this year, which just before COVID, which seems like it might as well have been a million years ago. Yeah. Um, but people would ask me, you know, is it, do people drink in Turkey? I'm like, depends on where you are and depends on who you are. But, you know, there's a lot of bars in Istanbul. I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of places to drink in the city. So, yeah. And, you know, they would ask me like, is there pork there? Yeah. I'd say most people don't eat it. I think that pork is really for, the foreigners who are there yeah and then there's obviously christians as well as other people of other religions here as well so yeah yeah so they were confused and, and surprised at that which i thought it was common pretty common knowledge you know i mean mm. so but it was interesting to me and it's always interesting you know what people's kind of preconceptions are and and i, I guess istanbul is a confusing city for a lot of people because it is everything i mean it's yeah it has a little bit of everything. So how, how has your time in the city been? What, what have you been up to? I know it's Corona time, so it's not like there's a ton you can do maybe, but. Well, to be honest, it's been like up until now where they just announced a bit of a partial lockdown, which I'm still not too sure what will happen to like tourist sites and things. But for the two months that I've been here, I mean, it's been completely, I would say normal apart from, you know, masks and a few like, um, no, few extra precautions but in terms of things being open it's been exactly the same and I've seen yeah I've seen a lot of places I mean I went to Topkapi I say Topkapi Palace and I mean I did go in the afternoon but there was just only a couple of people there and it was absolutely amazing I haven't I mean as soon as I got here in September it was a lot busier I know I had some friends that were here in like July and it was really quiet so it's like fine it's like, like tourists at least it's like um yeah being a tourist it was kind of amazing even though obviously it's not good um locally but it's been nice to see it a lot busier and i know a lot of people have come over but in some cases where yeah you don't have to queue to go in pla- into places it's been amazing and yeah i mean there's just so many different parts of the city i mean i've still got neighborhoods that i still need to go to um yeah, I've been jumping back across, you know, between Europe and Asia, like so much. I've been trying to visit a lot of different mosques as well. And people are just constantly telling me, like, you have to go here, you have to go here as well. And But I've also just been enjoying, like, the cafe culture. Like, I live in Jihanga, which I just love so much. Very hipster and just cool and so many coffee places. And I went for a Turkish breakfast this morning. And, I mean, I've still got, like, a list like as long as my arm of like places I still want to go for Turkish breakfast I'm definitely not going to get around to them all especially right now um, in the next month but I mean there's just so much you can do here I just yeah I'm just loving it I'll give you a recommendation for a breakfast place that's kind of close I mean okay a long walk away but it's not too far away Um, okay so yeah I'll do that after after the podcast yes yes please yes yes um yeah, so yeah, in summer, 
especially August, but this year was different because of COVID. As soon as the restrictions were lifted between traveling between regions, everybody went to the beach. And that's pretty much what people in Istanbul do. If you live in Istanbul mm -hmm. in August, you're at the beach, like you're not in the city. So the city is just quiet. Okay. This year it was even more quiet just because I think everybody left this time, but, but it's usually what happens. And that's usually the case in the bigger cities. So, you know, August is kind of when there's no nothing happening, no work getting done. Everybody's at at there, mm -hmm. at the beach. You know, anybody who can go to the beach is pretty much there. Okay, uh, good to know. So yeah, the, but I heard it got gets horribly hot here as well for that month. So yeah, it's pretty hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's pretty hot. And this year was unusually warm. Um, okay. You know, so um, yeah, so yeah. There's when I had left. When I left a couple. I don't know. It's been like a month or two now. I've I've left. Um, I, I noticed that you know things were opening up more. People were getting more lax about their masks. There was this sort of this. All right, this is this is kind of over thing, and now it seems like it's going back down into lockdown. Um, how are you keeping up with all the, the the restrictions and the news and? Yeah, I mean to be fair, because people kept telling me for the last couple of weeks, asking me how is it, and does it seem like there's going to be any lockdown and. I was like, no, it doesn't sound like it. But then I realized, well, I don't, I don't watch the Turkish news. So actually, I don't know how I'm supposed to know. But um, when it did just happen, I guess I only got announced maybe like yesterday really properly. Um, yeah, thankfully, I've got a lot of people in Turkey on my Instagram. So I had people telling me, a few people selling, um, sending me some things from Instagram. And then one of my friends, like her Airbnb host, told her as well, because they're still in the city. So definitely as like a foreigner in these places, like in places where you don't speak the language as well. I mean, you really don't kind of know what's going on or what's said to be going on until it kind of happens and someone tells you, I guess, or just translates something. But I mean, in a way for me, it's been nice as well. I mean, you know, the media in the UK, it's not something I, you know, usually follow anyway, the media. Um, so I enjoy being in a, in a country where I don't really know what's going on and Oh, you know, I got my own apartments, so I was like, if we have to go down into lockdown, like I'm very happy here, and you know, I'm sure the shops and stuff are going to be open. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of, but yeah, I'm thankful for people that follow me because they've been keeping me up to date. Yeah, last I read, which was yesterday, because these things happen very quickly in Turkey. It's not, it's okay. not, you know, so there there will be an announcement, and then like a day or two later, things will happen. So. Uh, but I think Istanbul, the government site has an English version of their website where you can see what the restrictions are. I'm pretty, okay. yeah, I'm pretty sure there's an English version. Uh, I don't remember the website, but it's there. If you yeah, wanna. I'll have a look maybe. Yeah, okay, that's good to know. Yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of foreign people that live here as well. I mean, yeah, so, okay, yeah. I'll have a look. So, but you did go to, right, so you're in Istanbul, you go to Rize. Mm -hmm. Is this right? Am I... Did I skip some yeah, steps in between? <laughs> um, I was in Istanbul for a week and then I went down to Adana, Adana, no, Adana, Adana. Oh, yeah, and they had the second biggest mosque there of Turkey. So, I mean, that was absolutely incredible. And I went there just for two nights and then I went back to Cappadocia, which I've been there like three times now, <laughs> but um, I do just love it and then I came back to Istanbul for a couple of weeks and then yeah two of my friends from the UK were over and they did a road trip round but starting in Trabzon so I joined them in Trabzon so we flew from Istanbul there hired a car and we went to a zungle in the mountains which kind of just felt like a mix of Switzerland and kind of like to me, like the mountains of Pakistan as well. I think maybe Jamal, just because the last time I was in the mountains was in Pakistan. So I just kind of had that like flashback. Um, but that was just such an incredible place. But we did go to Rise because we went to, I can't remember what the mosque was called, but we went to like a mosque right on top of a mountain, um, like pretty much in the clouds, which was really incredible. And yeah, I mean, I just loved it there as well. And Turkey I mean there's just so much to see here again I was following some friends that had been on a I think maybe they did a two-week road trip or a little bit longer and they were moving on a lot you know but they did do a circle around the whole country and I mean they just went so many places that I hadn't even heard of um, I was also following like Drew um, Drew Binsky he also did like a road trip around here and again just like absolutely incredible just the amount of places there are to go here
Yeah, Black Sea Coast is very neglected, I think, by by tourists. Yes, you visitors. you told me, didn't you? Yes, yeah, a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's good that you you got to see it, and it's a good time of the year too, before it's too cold and rainy. I, I think exactly. So. Yeah, it was perfect. In um, yeah, it was the end of September, so yeah, it wasn't really hot, um, but it definitely wasn't cold. So it seems like a, a big part of your travels now is is visiting specific mosques. You're trying to to visit these sort of religious sites. Is that is that the case? Yeah, I guess so. It's especially here in Istanbul, I guess. Well, yeah, and in Turkey, I guess it's just kind of, yeah, given me like a newfound appreciation for them. I mean, I feel like, you know, even when I, you know, years ago when I've been in Thailand, when you're in, yeah, just in Southeast Asia in general, you know, as backpackers and travelers, you know, you hear about incredible temples and, you know, you'll go out of your way to go to these temples when they're, you know, not even your religion. And I've definitely, you know, done that with mosques as well. I mean, um, you know, even being in the UAE, I was in Dubai for a week and this was a few years ago and we were like, we have to go to Abu Dhabi to see like the Grand Palace there. So Grand Mosque, sorry, there. And, but yeah, so I feel like now that I am Muslim and I can go there and pray and like just appreciate them lot, a lot more, then yeah, I feel like in a way, maybe I still would have gone to a few of them that I've been to, but I definitely have like a yeah, newfound like appreciation for them. And the fact that that's like now my place to worship and to pray is, yeah, it's very special to me. So, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how my future travels change maybe a little bit as well. Um, I mean, I already had, you know, when I was thinking of my travel 2020 plans <laughs> earlier this year, um, I had a lot of Islamic countries on my list, which I remember thinking like, wow, like all of these countries I want to go to this year are actually Islamic countries. So in a way, I guess it's worked out well that I became Muslim this year and now I can go to them hopefully next year and the year after and, you know, again, appreciate them more and be able to speak to the people more. I'm also kind of trying to learn Arabic. So a few of the countries, maybe that will obviously help as well in the Middle East. And yes, but I think like I'm obviously not going to necessarily have to go to obviously all Islamic countries but then in countries that are not Islamic or just you know have a smaller Muslim population it will be interesting to visit mosques there and I feel like especially on Instagram as well now I feel like I have a lot of people <laughs> that I know in like many different places and different countries so yeah I'm interested to see like when I can travel a little bit more like how this like life change is gonna change my travels and yeah that's, that's gonna be interesting. I think Bulgaria would be an interesting country for you just mm. because there are so many mosques um, obviously left over from, from the Ottoman times. Um, a lot of villages still, which are Turkish speaking. So, I, I, you know, mm. it, it's, it's those are some interesting places. And then uh, the mosque in Sofia, um, designed by one of the most famous uh, Ottoman architects. So, wow. um, so wow. it's, it's tiny, but... Uh, but, uh, you know, that might be an interesting country. Uh, another one of my favorite countries just in general, just such a great mm. place to travel, obviously, when all this is over. But it's close, it's close to Istanbul. Yes, it's, it's, so uh... close, so close. Yeah, like a bus <laughs> ride away, really. Yeah, my friend did it the other, the other month. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's good to know. I mean, I went to Bosnia a few years ago. So I think it's also easy to forget that, you know, Eastern Europe, a lot of the countries are, um, you know, either, I honestly don't know if they're kind of mainly is. Islamic or there's still like a you know Muslim population there of a good size so yeah I mean it's yeah there's so much to see <laughs> yeah yeah Balkans is a lot like Thessaloniki mm. comes to mind Macedonia um, Kosovo Albania obviously you know large yeah. so um, but so what does it take to con to revert to Islam I mean it, I, I don't know what that process is like I don't think for any religion I mean, you know can you just say i i know like to become jewish it's there's a process and i i, I don't know what it is but i know it's, it's not just long. yeah so what, what is it like for for islam um i mean you kind of what you say is that you would say the shahada which is that you believe in one god and that prophet muhammad peace be upon him is his messenger and Again, so I've heard a few people, like personally for me, I went into a mosque and did it. Um, and then I had to have two witnesses and I did it with the sheikh there, or the sheikh. Um, and he, yeah, so that was like, I've done my shahada and he gave me like a certificate to say that I was now like Muslim. But you can do it in 
like with people that are Muslim around you. And I mean, I've also heard people say that you can just do it with like yourself as well, which I mean, I was praying, you know, for months before that. And I mean, you say like the words of the Shahada in the prayer. So I guess, you know, I'd said that many, many times. But for me personally, it just, I felt like I wanted to go into a mosque and do it um, just a little bit more officially in my opinion. But, but also what's great is that, you know, people are just on completely different journeys. So some people say the Shahada, become Muslim and then do like the learning after that. Whereas me personally, I felt like I'd learned a lot before and well, I had learned a lot definitely before. And then I kind of got to a point where I felt like I can't really ignore everything that I've learned. So I was like, and I can't really keep praying and like learning about this and, you know, doing these things as if I'm Muslim when I technically am not Muslim yet. But I also feel like I can't just stop doing all of this either. And so I really felt like I had to like officially become Muslim to like keep learning more and have that like accountability and yeah, at that point, it didn't really make sense that I'd been praying so much and doing all this and wasn't Muslim. But then, yeah, other people just do it. Some people take years, other people take days, hours. So it's, it's, it's really amazing hearing so many people's stories. And, and also, I think, you know, I didn't realize just how many people do convert to Islam. I mean, I get people, you know, every day, multiple people sometimes saying that they became Muslim. And it's just incredible. Yeah, I did notice one in one of your videos... There was a, a, someone else, I think, from the UK, I, I'm trying to remember, who seemed Jay. like, yes, who converted mm-hmm. also. Um, and then I had a, a guest on the podcast who had also been to Pakistan. We were talking about a solo female travel in Pakistan, and she had some videos where she had converted. And I, I didn't realize there was this, I mean, okay, there's three people, but it seems no, like there are more. A lot. There's honestly so many. I'm part of a few like, yeah, convert groups on Facebook. And yeah, like I said, I just have my Instagram now. I've got quite a few people. And and that's a, the other thing that like, I told my friends and my family is I was said, you know, by the way, this isn't actually abnormal. <laughs> this is actually very normal, like as in um, usual. It's not unusual, sorry. It's, you know, it is very common. It's just that like anything, if you don't, you know, have that bubble or that awareness, um, then you don't know. But I feel like, I feel like it's one of those things, you know, where once you've heard of it, then you start seeing it more because you're aware of it. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people. I mean, YouTube is full of people with their, like, rebirth stories. It's, yeah, it's incredible. And what's the, you know, the, the litmus test for, you know, when someone asks you, are you Muslim? Like, uh, what, what is that? How do, you, how, how do you prove it? I mean, is, is there, I know, so let me, let me go back a little. There's when people, just anybody asks you and, Obviously, you're not people just asking you, so you can tell them, and I'm sure that's acceptable. But then there's also, like in Saudi Arabia, to go to Mecca, for example, there, you know, you have to prove that you're Muslim. Mm-hmm. And there are these sort of guidelines, but is, is there one general one that, that proves no. that you've converted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. Because when I went to Medina, I was worried that people were going to ask me, even though I was like legally allowed there, it's, it's just Mecca that you're not allowed as a non-Muslim. I was a bit worried people might say to me, like, you're not Muslim, you can't be here. And I told my friend, like, I don't know, is there like a document that all Muslims have? <laughs> I don't know about. But I mean, now I feel like if someone ever told me, like, you're not Muslim or prove to us that you're Muslim, like I would just recite part of the prayer. And I mean, there's no way you, you know that unless you're Muslim um, and it's in Arabic. <laughs> no, it's clearly not Arabic. So that's how like my, in my mind, like that's how I would prove it if, if it was another Muslim. But yeah, there is no way. It's just, it's just you saying that you are Muslim. Yeah. And I, I suppose, right. I mean, there, that has to be the case for pretty much any religion, right? There's no, you, it's hard, how can you prove your belief? Exactly. I, I suppose. Yeah, which is, all, and it's also a good, you know, there is a lot, so many teachings in Islam as well, you know, not to judge people just because they look a certain way or they dress a certain way or they're perhaps doing things a certain way. Like, yeah, you don't know what's in people's hearts. And, you know, the person that looks, um, you know, maybe the part could actually have, you know, more intentions inside of them that are not right compared to someone who does have actually, you know, a full faith in their heart, but maybe they just look, they don't 
you know appear as what you would associate with a religious person on the outside so that's also been like a really good teaching for me and I think that's something that I there's I feel like there's a lot of different teachings like that in Islam as well which I really like so I guess and I I know if if you have any kind of online presence for anybody you don't want to focus on the negative comments because they'll drive you crazy Mm -hmm. you know I I forget what it's called negativity bias or something so you can get a hundred positive comments but that one person will write something it will stick in your mind yeah which is why I tend not to read comments but uh have you gotten any negative reaction um well, if you'd asked me this last week, this time last week, I would have said no. But um, two people, I believe it's just two videos, they were made about me. Yeah, I did a video about misconceptions of Islam. And they just, I think, just completely like ripped me apart in it and told me that I was wrong about loads of things. So then I've had a lot of negative comments come over to my channel from that. But I think they're just like, somebody told me they're just like militant atheist channels. I know one of them is just like his whole channel is Islamophobic videos. So he's, you know, purely making money from Instagram, I'm sorry, from YouTube by being like an Islamophobe. So yeah, and it is so like hard to focus, not focus on those negative comments. But for everyone that I've had, you know, through on my, I mean, YouTube is pretty easy because you can ignore the comments on YouTube like pretty easily. So that's like not too much of a problem. Instagram is a bit harder, but then for all of the bad comments I've had, you know, I've had people then tell me, I've read a comment that says, you know, thank you so so much for your videos and you've helped me to learn more about Islam or finally like was that push that I needed to revert and so I'm really really trying to just focus on those and I have been this last week like really focusing on those because yeah those are what count at the end of the day. Well I think I think you've made it I guess you've I think it establishes your online presence especially on YouTube when people are making videos about that's one, that's one thing I thought because I was like well there's a lot of people that I know you know I know people that have had you know people that are very like famous that yeah people do reaction negative reaction videos to their videos all the time and I mean they talk about maybe like makeup or something like that and you just think I mean if somebody can do that against them then yeah I mean I'm a pretty easy target and what was funny is the person that did the second video I think his video now has got more views but he just copied the guy that did it first. So I'm like, you haven't even got unique content because you've just copied someone else. So at least get unique content, at least pick your own person to rip apart. Like don't just copy someone else. So yeah, I mean. Well, now you have to do a reaction of the reaction. Now now that's the the other thing that said in Islam is that the nicest thing to do, the biggest thing to do is just to stay silent. So I'm not saying anything. That does drive the the trolls crazy. It's hard to do, but, but it does. Uh, I I just made a controversial video, the last video I put out two videos ago, and uh, I I, want to engage, but I'm not going to, but you know, (laughs) it's just, um, yeah, because that's what people want. They want... Exactly. They want the reaction. Yeah. It's like children. And it's, it must be hard because, you know, someone's personal beliefs, I think, you know, I, for me, I'm, I'm private. I try, you know, I keep, I, I wouldn't be able to make the kind of videos you make, honestly, because it's hard to put yourself out there. I mean, it's very open and, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about a subject, religion, which is everybody has an opinion on, right? So it's not easy. And, and obviously when you put your, you know, your beliefs out there, it opens you up to everybody who on the internet who can hear it. I mean, it, it, it is it difficult or do you feel like that that helps yeah I feel like I mean even well before this you know with my other videos and things you know one of my friends just said you know you are just being so like vulnerable right now and but I think people definitely did see that and you know I think even in my travel channels and everything I just try to be really honest you know this is just what it is and you know, if I like something, I'll tell you. If I don't like it, then I'll tell you as well. And I feel like, you know, in Islam, I have been very honest about what I found easy and things that I haven't found easy. And for me, it was just, you know, I think it's such a big process that people 
need to have someone to relate to as well. You know, I kind of, basically I try and make the content that I wish that I had found or seen, which is what I did for travel or do do for travel. And it's kind of what I've taken for this as well. You know, things like how to pray, like, you know, I was like, I don't know how to do this. So I made a video about it. And yeah, it is definitely hard. But I mean, all of the comments that I got from this video anyway, like it didn't doubt anything regarding my faith. Like I was just like, it's just, that wasn't even a problem. It was more just, you know, just seeing them. But I mean, it didn't make me think anything different about the faith. So that's good. And you've separated your channels, right? I mean, you have one about Islam and then one about um, travel, just general travel. Mm -hmm. Uh, why did you decide to separate them? Um, definitely because I wanted to just start talking about the religion more online. And I already knew I had quite a few Muslims that were following me. And so we would kind of speak in DMs about things. And um, I felt like, yeah, I wanted to share more in my stories. But, you know, I know that people on my travel channel you know, they don't need for me to be talking about, you know, the religion the whole time, like they follow me for travel. And, you know, everyone goes off on a little bit of a divert, especially this year, like people have been at home so much, like people that usually talk about travel are now talking about plants and decorating. <laughs> so everyone's gone a little bit different. Um, but I was like, you know, I just feel like it, it needs to be kept separate. And, and I'm really pleased I did. I mean, looking after two is like a little bit difficult to accounts, but um, it's more time, but I've just met the most amazing people on it. And I feel like, yeah, I have like a place to, to do both now. And actually what I was really surprised about is, you know, obviously I shared on my travel account, like I'm now Muslim. It wasn't like I kind of kept that quiet or anything. And I said, I'm setting up a new account. If you want to follow, then you can. And I had so many people from my account that, you know, watch my break stories regularly on my travel account that follow me on that second account. And, you know, saying like, I want to know about more about Islam. And I'm really interested um, to hear this from you. So yeah, and people know, like, you know, I have people asking me questions like, why this and why that? And, you know, I try my best to answer or, like, point them in the right direction. So that was really nice. It was really nice to see the support on there as well. And, yeah, and I started to use, like, obviously a new few, like, a few new words that are, like, kind of Arabic, like, Islamic words. And then people were like, what do you mean by these new words? But obviously I like it because I can talk to that on my Islamic channel. I can say, like, inshallah and all these things. And I don't have to explain it because most of the people that follow me are Muslim, so they know. Whereas if I did that on my travel account, I feel like, you know, you can't just start talking Arabic <laughs> when you've got like an English, you know, like <laughs> people follow you for English. So yeah, it's nice to have the two accounts for reasons like that as well. And you mentioned earlier that YouTube, you learned to pray from YouTube or a big part of it. Uh, what, what, has, what was your main source of information on on? on the broad topic that is Islam, you know, how, how did you dive into it? I mean, it was probably YouTube as well. I mean, obviously you have to be careful about what, you know, what type of videos you're watching and who it is, but I definitely found a lot of, you know, reputable channels and I was watching, you know, I mean, it's incredible really. I mean, you know, you're watching videos from scholars and, you know, people that have studied Islam, you know, for years, all their lives. And I mean, without the internet, you know, you would never have really, got to hear them speak or maybe you'd read one of their books but you know like Mufti Menk for example is like one of my favorites he is um he's from Zimbabwe and he you know he makes regular videos and you know I know like he is a very trusted source to follow and yeah so I'd say YouTube really I'd definitely still uh, the caution you have to be careful obviously who you're watching and what you're watching um but once you've found like a few you know a few people then it's yeah it's really easy just to learn like a lot from them and do you feel like so it's a pretty big life change i would say you know it's a it's a pretty you, you know most people don't change or uh, take on a religion in you know as an adult so I mean, has it changed the way you see certain things in the world or that you see, you know, whether it's the news or social relationships or anything like that? Has it, has it sort of shifted or do you I feel like... A little sorry. bit. I know, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, a little bit, but I feel like in a way, a lot of things 
you know, I feel like I'd had such a change in my life over the last few years anyway, in the, you know, the, the things that I've, I'd consumed and, you know, the way that I looked at life and yeah, so I feel like it wasn't, I mean, in a way it was maybe was like me being guided into it a little bit anyway, but yeah, I don't feel like my life has completely changed um, because I feel like a lot of things I already was thinking anyway or agreed with. So yeah, for me personally, it hasn't been like a huge, huge change, um, which yeah, I'm thankful for as well. And I feel like that's also what I've wanted to share online is again, like some people become Muslim or other re religions and yeah, their life does change a lot. And that's, and that's okay as well. But for me, you know, my, in, like my heart and what I believe has changed, but you know, generally, you know, I'm still the same person. And, you know, I know a lot of people when they revert to Islam, maybe they change their name, um, which again is fine if you do. And it's also fine if you don't. But for me, I wanted to, you know, keep the same name. Like I am still the same person. It's just that like, I believe in God now and I feel like I didn't before. So. So I guess your, your friends who've known you, I mean, they would say that you're basically the same per I mean, nothing aside from, you, you know, you're praying five times a day, your routine is a little bit different. Um, but I mean, it, it hasn't changed any of those relationships or how people interact with you or how you interact with them. Yeah, not really. No. And I mean, again, you know, it's my, a lot of my like close friends now are people that I met, you know, traveling in the last few years. So, you know, I know they're very open people and, you know, they, again, were just very happy for me. And yeah, that hasn't really changed. I mean, again, again, I've heard other stories from people who, you know, their friends have struggled to accept their change. Um, but yeah, I feel like I only have people like quite close to me anyway, who were very open and yeah, I mean, they, they want the best for me and I want the best for them. So yeah, that's also been, yeah, it hasn't been, yeah, it really just hasn't been a big, big life change, which yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice as well. Obviously there's, there are some things and there are more things to come in like my future, but um, right now it's been really good. And so do you, so you feel, you know, this is kind of the, the first stages of a, of a longer process you mentioned future changes, so I'm just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, like, obviously, you have to navigate marriage and, and everything like that and raising children and, you know, yeah, so that's definitely something different to what I've been used to um, in terms of, like, relationships and things. But, yeah, I mean, I'm also completely fine with that, so... And what's what's next in terms of travel? You have a month left in Turkey, Obviously, we just talked about that there are more lockdowns coming, um, but w w what are your travel plans coming up? So, yes, I'm supposed to leave here in a month's time, which I feel like will still happen. Um, so my next destination I'm thinking is going to be Egypt. Um, I've been wanting to go to Dahab for quite a few years. Um, again, it's like been on my list to live there. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to like tick that off. Um, at the moment, it's still open um, for people to go into. I'm like joining some Facebook pages and, you know, there's still, everything's open. People are there, there's a community. So that's my plan, but I'm definitely not booking anything <laughs> until, until much, um, much closer to the time. I think that's, I feel like, yeah, we just have to take travel and moving right now is like spontaneous <laughs> decisions, <laughs> like just a few days before, no planning. So that's my plan, but I'm, I'm open for it to change if it has to. And I mean, worst case scenario, I have to go back to the UK, which, you know, I mean, it's Christmas at home, so I don't know what's going to be happening there, but, you know, I'm lucky that I won't be completely stranded. You know, I, there's maybe some other countries I can go to or, yeah, if I have to, I can go back to the UK and that's fine as well. Yeah, I think you're, I mean, I think all of us are in that situation where it, you can't really make long-term plans, you know, too, too far off into the distance because things can change very quickly still. Exactly. Well, I, I appreciate you being on the podcast. I find it fascinating. Just in general, when people, whatever it is, when they take on something that changes their life, whether they, whether it's, you know, getting into marathon running or getting into a martial art, whatever it is, you know, reverting to Islam. I find that fascinating. I'm always interested in why, what motivates that change and, and, 
you know, the, the, the process of going through that change, uh, because it's never easy. It's never easy to go, I'm doing these things and now I'm going to do all these other things. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're already an adult, when you have like your habits built and everything as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think we always think, you know, like you're an adult, you're just fully, fully baked form. And then that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're a kid, you think, oh, my parents have always been that same. But then you're an adult and you're like, wait, I don't have to always, you know, like we also still change. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting. So, but I appreciate your time. Uh, I hope you Thank enjoy you. the rest of the city. I didn't forget the breakfast place and I will, I'll let you know. And uh, thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Fox Nomad podcast. Thank you, Ellie, for being a guest and sharing your experiences. And if you haven't already, all of you, if you've gotten this far in the podcast and you haven't already given the Fox Nomad podcast five stars on wherever you're listening to this podcast then go ahead and do so right now you look you've gotten this far you might as well uh, we were in the top 50 in Apple podcasts again last week so I'm really just absolutely just thrilled that all of you are seem to be enjoying these episodes I, I really appreciate it if you have any feedback for me make sure to let me know at Fox Nomad on Twitter or email through the website foxnomad.com slash contact anyway enough about me talking enough about me rambling on make sure you rate the podcast and make sure you have a great rest of your day and i'll talk to you in the next episode